0: Welcome to Choosing Happily Ever After with Nicole Van Gelder, a podcast that focuses on values and practical tools to help you have peace, joy, and confidence so you can create your own happy homes and lives, no fairy godmothers required. During the month of April, we are continuing to cover the topic of trust. In the last podcast, Pastor Nicole spoke on trusting the Lord from a place of rest. This week, she continues in her trust series by answering the question of why it is important to rest.
1: Thank you for joining me today. If you haven't had a chance yet, I do encourage you to go back and listen to the last podcast, part one of this, because I am picking up where we left off. But I'll recap a little bit as well. So the Sabbath was created for man. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the Sabbath and even more specifically, maybe we're talking about what it looks like to have rest and trust in the lord so the sabbath was created for man for the benefit of man it's in the pattern of creation so it's in eternal in nature god created on six days and then he rested the seventh practically speaking Physical rest is important for us. You know, when we stop and rest, it helps our bodies and our minds (laughs) to reset and be refreshed. You know, most of us have seasons where we go, 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 and you can't really help it. Like you've just had a baby, or you've just entered into a new job, or you've just moved, or just gotten married, or there's normally some sort of big event around that. But if you keep going like that indefinitely, eventually you're going to get burned out. You can normally keep that type of pace up for a season but if you do it as a way of life it's probably going to come back to bite you and you're going to find that you're not healthy that your home life probably isn't healthy your relationships probably aren't healthy because we were not created to live like that but when we live with rest and we take moments of rest from labor then we have the opportunity to be present in our life and present with people and this matters you know I'm very thankful that I married somebody who knows this principle (laughs) and practices it in their life because I think that I would have missed a lot of moments that my relationship with my husband my relationship with my kids and that they would have suffered from my lack of ability to be present and to be connected in the moment. And my just go, go, go. I remember after (laughs) Jamie and I got married, when he finally was like, listen, stop what you're doing. Like even when we would watch a movie or we would do something, I always was doing something else at the same time. You know, I don't know what it was. I had this internal thing, like I had to be productive, had to at least make it look like I was being productive. because I don't know what it was. And he was just like, knock it off. Like we're watching a movie, just watch the movie. And I realized how valuable it is to be present in the moment because of him. And I'm so grateful. But I haven't even gotten to the most important part of rest, which is the spiritual implications. First of all, it's hard to connect with the Lord if you don't take the time to do that. I can't tell you how many times I've been tempted to skip that and the times that unfortunately I have skipped, (laughs) you know, my connection with the Lord or my daily devotional time with my kids because we have too much stuff to do and it just, you know, feels like we're not getting to it yet and (laughs) connecting with the Lord is the very most important thing and I think it's by design That we have to choose to stop and slow down to do it regularly, you know, like I'm all for praying to the Lord as you're doing stuff. And I do that a lot, but there is nothing that compares to stopping for a moment and actually just turning your heart and your attention towards him. And I feel like it's by design that we miss things when we do it the other way, because the Lord's actually after our heart and our attention and our affection He's after, you know, us, the process of getting us to stop, to pause, to be with him because he's after our heart. He's after real connection and real relationship. So rest has great spiritual implications and bigger picture than just like your daily connection with the Lord. Rest requires trust. So I started my last podcast by talking about my life big picture and how I could see, you know, this thread of trusting the Lord throughout it as long as I was looking far enough away. If I was just looking at my life big picture, (laughs) you know, there's this beautiful tapestry being woven of my trust in the Lord and I can see these big shining moments. You know, when I chose to do things his way and when I followed where he was leading, and it's beautiful and wonderful. But when I look at it more closely (laughs) in the detail of it, I see that there's a lot more messiness because in my daily life, I didn't always trust the Lord with that same clarity. You know, like I still wrestled and I still do to do things my way instead of his way, to really trust him and you know this is really what i was pondering in the very beginning of what this podcast came out of a quiet time that i had in uh, leviticus 25 where the lord is telling his people every seven years you're going to let the land rest it's going to be a sabbath year and you can't gather any crops from anything that you've planted. You can eat from anything the land naturally produces, but your vines, all your crops that you've planted, even if they continue to produce, you can't use those for food. And I was thinking about what an amazing amount of trust it would be to go into a year without creating your own provision, but trusting the Lord to provide it for you. How stressful it would be (laughs) going into the sixth year and trusting that somehow everything's going to work out so that you have what you're going to need, not just for that year, but for the year that's coming after it. Rest, bigger picture, equals trust because it requires trust. You have to trust that the Lord's provision is enough. Do you know... (laughs) That if you are going to align your values with heaven, that you're going to actually have to trust the Lord because the world's values don't usually line up with heaven's values. And so, when you live according to the values of heaven, you're trusting the Lord to be the one that makes your way, to be your provision. You're saying that you're not going to force it, but you're going to trust Him. You know, when you follow the Lord and you walk according to His ways, You're choosing to value people over success, to value honesty over manipulation, to value generosity over gain, and so on and so forth. The ways of heaven are not the ways of earth. And it's amazing to me personally how easy it is for me to be thinking that I'm serving the Lord, but to be going about it in a way that's completely contrary to his ways so easy (laughs) to learn a value of heaven and to pursue it in an earthly manner so you're forcing your way so that you're trying to do it the same way that you know a company an earthly company would try to accomplish something i see this often with missions like there's such a value to go in some places which is good we want people to know about jesus right but Do you know that we're not supposed to just be after a mission, but we're supposed to be loving people? And when you approach missions in that way, it completely changes the way that you approach it because it's not just a task to be completed. When you're trying to approach missions, I'm not meaning to pick on this. I'm just using it as an example because it has a practical, like easy way to see it. But if you're approaching it as something to get done as a task without even realizing it, you can be doing it more for your benefit than the people that you're ministering to. And this is just ministry in general. It doesn't have to be like overseas missions, but you're trying to accomplish something and you feel like you're doing it for the Lord and your motive is probably a good one. You're trying to share Jesus. You're trying to live in a kingdom way. You're trying to do what you're supposed to do as a good Christian, right? But when we do it according to our methods, we begin forcing our way. We don't even realize it, but we're thinking more about ourselves than the people we're even ministering to. You know, what is amazing to me is Jesus was not impatient with people he was loving. He was kind. He wasn't intimidated by their process or by their mess. There were certainly moments when he called them into a decision and a choice. There were certainly times when he called people out of sin directly, you know, into something else. But his ministry, it wasn't about like serving. He wasn't about getting people to serve him and he was Jesus. (laughs) He wasn't forcing his way, but it was always with the person he was ministering to in mind. I think that's why we see how he ministered in so many different ways. He didn't have one specific method, and I don't think that we're supposed to have one specific method either. You know, he didn't always heal this way. It's because it was about the journey. It was about doing it. He was at rest in the Lord. He was at rest in who he is and what he was there to accomplish was. He trusted that the Lord's provision was enough, that Lord would provide the way and the timing. And, you know, if Jesus was able to do that, then how much more should we, when we trust God's ways, that means that we're trusting that the manna won't go bad. You know, I talked about that in the last podcast, how the Israelites were given manna every day and it would rot if they tried to gather more than what they needed. You know, because the only reason they would gather more than what they were needing is because they were afraid. They weren't trusting that there would be enough the next day too. So it would be rotten by the next morning if they tried to gather more than what needed for that day. But... (laughs) On the Sabbath, the day before the Sabbath, they had to gather enough for that day and the Sabbath and it didn't rot. It was always good. And so when you trust God's ways in your life, I feel like it's this beautiful picture that you're trusting that even though it shouldn't work, even though your experience has told you that things don't work this way, that you're going to do it this way anyway, because you're trusting that is going to work because you're trusting the Lord, because you're following him, because you're being obedient. You're know, you trusting that doing things his way is going to bring about the proper results. And you're not going to force your hand for the results either. You're going to trust him to bring about the right results. And trust that you probably don't see fully and accurately what those results are. You know, it may be that the results that the Lord has in mind for your life are not the ones that you have in mind. It could be the results that he has in mind for your day your relationship whatever it might be that your goals are not God's goals he may be leading you into something and you're misunderstanding what he's asking of you or or what he's leading you into he might have different results and that's okay and they're going to be better than yours you know maybe his goal isn't for you to be successful the way that you think that it is You know, maybe it has nothing to do with success in the world's eyes. Maybe it's not for you to be rich. Maybe it's not for you to have X, Y, Z. But I guarantee that if you trust him and you live his way, that you're going to be successful in heaven's eyes, which is what actually matters. So trust and rest, what do they have to do with each other? Well, they have to do a lot with each other because a life of trusting the Lord is a life of rest. It's not striving. It's not worrying. It's not trying to control or micromanage. It doesn't mean that there isn't some labor associated with it. Steps of faith, leaps of faith even. It doesn't mean that you get to be lazy or not work because <laughs> God created us to work too. But it means that you're actually going to pursue things His way that you're going to stay in touch with his voice, that you are going to trust in his mercy and his grace, that you are going to do things his way, even and especially when it doesn't make sense, and that you're going to let go, that you're not going to control. You know, I see this firsthand, especially in my life as a parent. As a parent, I want to control my kids' lives. I want to control so that they are safe, so that they... Turn out well <laughs> so that they make good choices, so that other people can't harm them. Like, there's so many reasons to want to control circumstances and people, especially when it comes to parenting, because your kids matter so much to you or your marriage or whatever it might be. Like, it's so tempting to want to control and to worry and all of those things. And that's not the way of God. That's not how things are supposed to be because when you are working from rest or you're living from rest you're able to do that because you're trusting you're listening to the lord's voice so you're connected to him in prayer and not just sharing your own prayers which is important too but you're listening you know and you're being vulnerable and open and you're responding to what he says and then you're trusting Can't tell you how many times I have come into a circumstance with my kids where I didn't know what to do. And if it's something where things aren't going well, it's really easy to respond in fear, to lash out and to try to clamp down and to control. But when you are instead connecting with the Lord and hearing from Him and then doing what He says, there is a rest because you're trusting Him to bring about a better result than you know how to do on your own. And he's so faithful. He's going to do that. But it requires you to trust. It requires you to stop striving and to do things his way, to rest in that. One last thing. You know, trusting the Lord is always worth it no matter what, but it's also the key to Jubilee. So I'm not going to read it, but in Leviticus 25, It starts by talking about how every seventh year is going to be a Sabbath year for the Israelites and for the land they're in. And then it talks about how the 50th year is going to be the Jubilee. So they're going to have these Sabbaths on the way to the Jubilee. And the Jubilee is when everything is restored you know, property goes back to the people who originally owned it, for example. So if people are buying property and it's close to the Jubilee, they're supposed to be paying a lot less money for it than they would if a Jubilee had just occurred because they only get to keep that property until the Jubilee. And then it goes back to the original family who owned it. That's one practical example of the Jubilee. But the Jubilee is a picture of God restoring and blessing and refreshing The nation of Israel, of making things right again, of taking the things that went wrong (laughs) and restoring them. And this is what happens when we trust the Lord and when we rest in Him, when we do things His way. This is actually the key to the Jubilee because it's Him and Him alone that can actually restore and bring blessing and bring refreshment and bring life. He's the one who brings healing to brokenness. Along the way, it's easy for us to forget that and to think that it's us. (laughs) He brings us in on the process for sure, and it matters, you know, that we minister to both. But the Lord is the God of the Sabbath. He's the God of Jubilee, and he's the one who deserves our trust. And that's how we live at rest in him. So it is time to trust him really and truly. And this requires that each day we trust him by responding to his words in faith and doing what he says, by trusting Jesus to provide the mercy and grace that we need in the process. And if we choose to trust him like this every day, I guarantee that we're going to see amazing results because our life will begin to store up treasures in heaven And at the same time, it will reflect heaven here on earth in our daily lives and in our relationships in a way that we can't do without trust in Him. So I want to bless you. May you find your heart at peace as you choose to trust Him, even if the process is difficult. May you find your heart at rest and your life at rest, fully engaged in the people and the circumstances around you with peace because you're trusting the Lord, and you're walking according to His ways, knowing that He is the one who will bring out the proper results at the right time. So bless you. Be at peace. Be at rest. Trust the Lord. He is with you, and He loves you so very much. Join us back here again on May 2nd. We have some
0: up and coming exciting news. This summer, Pastor Nicole is hosting a series called Conversations with Friends right here on her podcast as well as on her YouTube channel. She'll be interviewing special guests on topics such as joy, relationships, cultivating worship into everyday life, and more. Stay tuned on all the dates and details through the link in the show credits. Thanks again for choosing Happily Ever After. See you next time.